Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Harrison Fagan. Uh, Harrison, you hosted one time, and it took one time for me to sit back here in the host chair. How, how have you been dealing with the stress that came about from that? Uh, well, you know, I look at it as it was like trying Jordan Clarkson out at point guard. You know, we gave it a <laughs> shot. Probably not going to go back to it a second time. What you're saying is you can't pass and you only dribble to your right essentially the podcast version yeah <laughs> I, I would say i over dribble all right that's fine you're Kyrie, so yeah, but uh, like less a less talented Kyrie. like he's, he's i don't know like ish, ish smith <laughs> smush parker <laughs> <laughs> anyway anywho we should get so lebron's gonna join the lakers yeah that's that's the big news here before we get to that and uh before we talk a little bit about josh jackson if we get to that too and then on the other side of the break we're we're harrison and i are going to have a great conversation with mark medina that if harrison isn't there there's been a whole bunch of rumors swirling about whether or not harrison is going to remain with lockdown lakers if harrison isn't there for that conversation it's probably time to start worrying but yeah well i already know i'm going to be there for it so yeah yeah no need to worry. As always, find the show on Audioboom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron. The great folks at Blue Apron are helping you improve your dining experience at home. You better just start doing that, using that. Um, all right, LeBron, future Laker, what number is he going to wear? Do you think he'll go 23, 6, 8? It's going to be 23 because the Lakers haven't retired it yet. Well, why would the Lakers retire? Oh, I guess it was LeBron the one who said that he wanted everybody in the league to retire 23 for Jordan. Well, yeah, but I don't think I just mean like the Lakers don't have 23 retired or something so he yeah. can wear it. Yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, so Kevin O'Connor went on Bill Simmons podcast and he and Simmons both talked about the whispers that are going on about where LeBron might want to spend the twilight of his career. And then in his article that he wrote, he he uh, referred to that as well. Before we get to what I heard about it, how when you read that Kevin O'Connor stuff, did you take that as, oh, here we go again? Yes, that's exactly how I took it. And you knew that because I said that when you asked me to talk about this. But <laughs> I, not, nice setup, though. 
Uh-huh. And yeah, I just to me, this is the lay. Oh, let's connect the Lakers to another star again. And yeah, this guy kind of is interested in the Lakers and this and that. And then he doesn't end up signing there. Like, I'm not going to believe any of these things are a real report or real thing. No, I, I don't. I'm not calling into question his reporting. I, I have no doubt that he heard this. And I have no doubt that the people that heard that various other stars were interested in the Lakers before have heard that as well. I just don't buy that those guys are actually going to sign with the Lakers until they actually do it because it hasn't happened yet. I felt the same way. Um, but the difference to me here is that last time we heard these rumors, we didn't really necessarily hear much of about the goings-on behind the scenes, right? And here, like, I, I heard today that Jeannie Buss and Maverick Carter have had dinner since Phil Jackson dropped that posse comment. In that time frame since then, they've had dinner three times is what I heard. And to me, I mean, maybe they, maybe those dinners and stuff happen all the time. It wouldn't shock me either way. Uh, but and that, he, it's, it should be noted he represents other clients as well. Uh-huh. Oh, man, if the Lakers wind up with, like, Tristan Thompson's broke ass, I'm going to be well, they, they don't worry. The Cavs signed him to a gigantic deal. Yeah. He's making more than Luol Deng. And Steph Curry has more rebounds than him in these finals. Whoops. <laughs> Anywho, GM LeBron. If LeBron comes over, would you let him be GM? I, I think if you have the chance to sign LeBron, you let him have whatever he wants. Hmm. But I don't want you circumvent Thompson. you circumvent this collective bargaining agreement to sign LeBron if you have to. Well, th- I thought that's how that worked. That's what Lakers exceptionalism is. Yeah, I mean they, they should they got to do whatever they can to get him here. If they if they could get LeBron, that would uh, I think it would be an understatement to call that their best free agency signing ever. Yeah. Uh, no, I disagree. Well, no, 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 not Shaq. Sorry, not yeah. better than Shaq. Yeah, yeah. I I just uh, I completely. Had an aneurysm there and forgot about Shaq. So yeah. Shaq was other than Shaq, <laughs> but it's still. I mean, you're getting LeBron, who would be yeah. who would like. We keep on talking about how you know maybe Lonzo Ball injects star power into it, or Paul George injects star power into the Lakers. If LeBron's a Laker, LeBron he... is LeBron is a literal star that you that can fuel things. <laughs> but he he would he would immediately make the Lakers more valuable, like on Forbes list. Yeah. Than they are, or the, than like the Knicks, they would immediately become the most valuable franchise. In I don't the, know about NBA. that because that's like a long term valuation. Uh, so I don't know you. if that's I don't know if that's true. I think, but it's true. yeah, I mean they'd be up there. I just the thing that amazed me was how negative the reaction on so a lot of my social media was to the fact that the Lakers would consider this, and it, it's like. Like there were a lot of people when I tweeted out that it was like a that I was I had read the report and that it was a possibility and I aggregated the article. I put up a poll asking if Lakers fans would be interested in signing LeBron and it was like now some of this could just be people trolling my poll, but it was like not that lopsided. It was like above 50% wanted LeBron, but it wasn't that it wasn't by that much. LeBron's greatest crime and I can I can speak to this directly because I have to listen to my mom hate on LeBron at every single opportunity. But LeBron, well, people hate LeBron, man. My mom hates him too. Well, I, in Los Angeles, though, his greatest crime was passing Kobe. Like people, Maybe. people hate LeBron because he became better. 
Like there's there's like one percent of Kobe stands out there. Who that sound you just heard was all, like half of our listenership unsubscribing. Sorry guys, please come back. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for my reviews. Hey, if you if you disagree, give us no. Don't don't do that. I'm not going to send you to our reviews. But uh, but yeah, I mean LeBron is unpopular because he passed up Kobe. And like the thing with that, my issue with that is for some reason we take that as like a slight that because LeBron who is widely considered a top five player of all time may have passed up Kobe or did pass up Kobe on these all time lists. Like that still leaves Kobe in the top 10. It doesn't, it doesn't change how great Kobe, but anywho, uh, I think LeBron's going to age really well too, because he's such a big dude. He's so skilled. He's just going to shift to power forward full time. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, cause there were people out there who were saying, you know, I, I saw the, the uh, farewell tour 2.0, like that tweet made me laugh. That made me laugh. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, but the difference here is that I think LeBron will be better at the tail end of his career because of one, how great he was at his peak. And two, because he's so much bigger than Kobe was, and that's going to help him. And he age. can shoot threes a little bit now. He can play in the post. His game isn't all athleticism, and that passing is not going to go away. No, his skip passing is insane. So I think that's fun. Um, I well, think the real question here is how is James Jones going to age? Because we know he's coming too. So are you ready to sign fifty-year-old James Jones? Do you think like do you think we could put on a game of one on one between James Jones and Meta World Peace to stay on <laughs> stay on the league for, for the final roster spot? <laughs> James Jones versus Meta World Peace next week on Backstage Lakers. <laughs> I don't know. That's that, don't disrespect James uh, James Jones. He's been to how many different finals in a row? I think seven or eight now, right? So yeah, seven. Seven. You do your thing, James Jones. All right, let's seven-time uh, Eastern, reigning Eastern Conference champion, James Jones. We'll we'll bring uh, Mark Medina in on the other side of this break, and and we're really... ask him about how James Jones would fit with the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, like enough about LeBron. We got to talk about G. Uh, we're going to talk to Mark though here in a second, and I'm really looking forward to having you. Didn't talk to Mark the first time around, right? So I'm really looking forward to involving you in in on this conversation. It's going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk really quickly about Blue Apron. Uh, Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of house chefs. Now, you have a great story to tell about your relationship with Blue Apron. Yeah, into some like kind of an anecdote i was really satisfied with the first the first time i used blue apron and so i went ahead and ordered some more for this week because my mom just had knee surgery on both of her knees she's fine uh she's uh, she's recovering in the hospital right now but she is obviously not going to be able to cook for a while and so i thought that it would be nice if she had and she doesn't listen to the podcast so this isn't spoiling a surprise but for if when the night that she comes home if we were able to put together a nice home cooked meal for her and the 
cool thing about Blue Apron is they have tons of options if you like meat and all that stuff. Anthony can attest to that. But for me personally as a vegetarian, they also have vegetarian-only options. And so I'm able to get stuff that I can cook and make and eat with my family. And they are not vegetarians, and yet they still enjoy it. So even if you're looking to eat a little bit healthier, maybe you don't want to go full vegetarian, but you just want to skip meat that night. I can attest that their options for vegetarians are really good. Anthony, I think, tweeted the other night that the what, what did you make? You said it was the best thing you had ever eaten. Oh, the salsa verde steak thing. It was like a seared sirloin steak with salsa verde on like rat. Oh, man, it was really good. Yeah, that was amazing. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by, blowing, by going to blueapron.com slash Lakers. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Lakers. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, uh, Harrison, in all seriousness, I give you a, a whole bunch of stuff on here, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that your mom's doing well. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that everything uh, worked out well, too. All right, so let's toss this conversation to Mark Medina. Uh, Harrison, this is going to be your first live recorded conversation with Mark. I had a lot of fun with him last time he was on the podcast. Uh, let's, let's, let's get to that. And, and again, if you're, if you're worried about Harrison, you know, maybe or maybe not continuing on on this show, uh, you know, if he isn't in this conversation, that's when it's really time to, to worry a little bit. But I'm going to be there. Yeah, he's going to be there. All right, we're joined now by Mark Medina of the Southern California News Group. He, uh, this is his second time on the show, and he's two for two. He's been able to avoid Harrison twice. So uh, how's it going, Mark? <laughs> I can't say that that was done intentionally. I'm sure at some point we'll be able to connect. <laughs> can neither confirm nor deny that that no, was no, a... I can, I, I can deny your erroneous report. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with Harrison not being here. <laughs> Um, all right, so we'll go ahead and get started here. Uh, I'll start with the Lonzo Ball. It was crazy to see how much media was there, and it was even crazier to watch how well I listened to your podcast, and you host the We Want Tacos podcast, and you had the audio of his uh, time with media, with the media afterwards, and it was astonishing to hear how well he handled that number of media reporters after his workout at age 19. Yeah, I mean, I'm not overstating this. Um, There was the largest media contingent at the Lakers practice facility basically since the Dwight Howard, Steve Nash years where, you know, it was a circus every day with the Lakers because of just all the expectations with the team, the infighting with the different player agendas, you know, the the split support with Mike D'Antoni. And then obviously with the championship years when they're in the playoffs and there's always a lot of national reporters and you know a lot of reporters from each local media outlet that covers the team and the tv station so you know i think there's a reason a it's the lakers uh b it's lonzo ball and his potential uh, star power and c you know just kind of the the specter of to what degree his dad may or may not be a, an issue uh as far as you know if he winds up being with the lakers i it reminded me honestly of of a kobe 
uh, scrub that they're used to. Yeah. It was, it was like, honestly, you could have just photoshopped, you know, Kobe into where Lonzo was. And it looked like any picture from at any point in his career. It was, it was crazy. Um, yeah, it's funny you say that Andy Kamenensky and I were actually joking that, or are, are we here because Kobe's announcing his comeback or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was great to see. And again, like it was crazy to see how well he handled everything. I mean, he, he, he holds himself very, very well. And that's something that, like, I joked with Harrison because he doesn't like, you know, speaking publicly too much. But we joked about how poorly we would handle that at 19. He took every question and he sounded very confident with everything. The, the conversation turned to his dad. He handled that in stride. You were there. Did, did you get the same sense from being there in person that I did from the audio? Yeah, I think you hit it head on. And look, like, you know, I didn't go to college getting a degree in psychology or anything. And, you know, a lot of these players, you know, when you do these interviews a lot, you hear cliches and stock answers. And you have to take into account how much these guys get preparation from their agents and publicists. But with all those disclaimers thrown out the window, I thought he was very polished for what his age is. And I think... Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of questions that we had of, you know, both good and bad of, you know, what he can bring to the table, his star power, how he sees himself uh, fitting in with the Lakers, uh, the, the questions and criticism about his dad. There are a lot of questions for him to answer. And he was, uh, you know, very short and sweet, um, but he was to the point and he answered every question. He made eye contact. He was always respectful and professional. And, you know, obviously, there's going to be so much that goes into play when the Lakers are evaluating Lonzo, but I think that glimpse that we saw of Lonzo really speaks to just the context of this Lakers team where all these guys are young, uh, they, there's a leadership vacuum, and the Lakers see Lonzo as that potential guy that can fill it. And I think from that aspect, he definitely conveyed a lot of professional and mature qualities that suggest that he could be that guy. Now, obviously, a lot of it hinges on how well his skills as a player translates into the NBA, but I think he has the uh, the professionalism down pat. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that was the one concern about that kind of one-on-one -on -one setting with his workout was that he... I mean, his his dad and he both admitted that he is best. His game shows best when he's surrounded by teammates and he's making those crazy outlet passes and he can show how well he could handle the pick and roll. Though he didn't do it very much at, at UCLA, they kind of went away from it while he was there. Um, but even despite that, I walked away from from that um, from from the reports coming out of his workout, and I've been feeling. You know, since day one, since they got their second pick and they kept their second pick, that Lonzo would be the guy. I didn't see anything change anything, though we keep on getting reports out that he might not be the guy, that, that they are still remaining wide open to De'Aaron Fox and to Josh Jackson, whom they saw work out on Thursday. Do you think that's conjecture or do you take that, as, do you take that at, its, at its actual word? Yeah, I take it at its actual word. Um, you know, I think... And you and Harrison addressed it on a recent podcast, you know, the report about, uh, you know, that the Lakers were souring on Lonzo and not sold and had all these questions about, you know, his star potential and his dad. Um, I found that to be erroneous. I mean, for sure, the Lakers have questions about every guy, including Lonzo. But to say that, you know, if the, if the draft were to be today, that they wouldn't select him, it's such a 
hypothetical, pointless thing because a the draft isn't today; it's on June twenty second, and b they haven't even seen him work. <laughs> exactly, that was going to be the the next point. They haven't seen him work out. Uh, they haven't seen the other number two guys work out. So, you know, it's really hard to evaluate to what degree these workouts go into play when they're factoring everything in. But you know, keep in mind. Two years ago, uh, you know, there was the debate going on: should the Lakers go small with getting D'Angelo Russell or uh, Emmanuel Mudiay, or should they go big with Gio Okafor or Kristaps Porzingis? And after they selected D'Angelo Russell, uh, they really mentioned the fact that they felt like his workout uh, kind of tilted the scales, where they saw him show a lot of confidence. They liked his work ethic, his tenacity, uh, showed some glimpses that he could be a leader. And I think that it kind of opens up some more questions because the M.O. on him now is that he doesn't have those qualities. So I think that there's kind of a danger of of overreacting to uh, to a workout and making sure that you're doing your your due diligence. Um, but you also brought up another point that I wanted to 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 build on about, you know, the, the challenge of you know, evaluating Lonzo when he's just in a one-on-one setting. Look, if he really wanted to not be in a one-on-one setting, he could have made that happen. Like his agent, and uh, and this isn't just with Lonzo, but for every of these lottery picks, they don't want to be in a one-on-one setting because it could be used as data against them as far as measuring up against another prospect. But if they were really that concerned of, hey, you know, they're not going to be able to see how I look with other guys. They could have easily <laughs> made that happen. Yeah, that's that's true. And and it was kind of surprising to me that, you know, reports came out or he said that there were no he didn't think there were any other Lakers there at the facility checking it out. I don't I don't to my recollection, I thought, you know, every so often somebody would be in there getting work in anyway. Um and and you know, if there was somebody there, you could have seen maybe a two-on-two drill or something like that. That w- that caught me by surprise, or am I reading too deeply into that? Yeah, I mean, I think re- – I wouldn't say reading too deeply, but I, I don't know if he was necessarily trying to pay attention and take attendance of who That's was true. all there. I know that we didn't see any of the workouts, so I don't know, like, who's standing on the sidelines watching beyond, you know, the obvious uh, guys with Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka, you know, the bus siblings uh, – I should emphasize Jeannie and Jesse Bus, not Jeannie, mm-hmm. or Joey and Joey. Jesse Bus, not uh-huh. Jeannie. And then, uh, you know, Luke Walden and his coaching staff. But I know that Larry Nance um, popped in, Larry Nance Jr. popped in like after his workout was over. Um, I didn't see any other guys uh, specifically that day. Um, but I, I would doubt that they would have, you know, their young guys play. But I know in other years, you know, one interesting thing that the the previous front office did because, you know, a lot of these prospects were so adamant of not going against other guys in their class. They would have some of their assistant coaches play some two-on-two and three-on-three. So you're having, you know, Mark Madsen and uh, some of the other assistants, Larry Lewis at the time, play. So um, I don't have clarity at this point if any of that happened, but it, it would have been interesting to, to see if Mark Madsen and, and Brian Shaw and, you know, hey, maybe even Luke Walton got after it a little bit, but uh, that remains to be seen. <laughs> I I uh, I can't wait for you know some media board or something, some some uh, f- forum to jump on this and say if there were Lakers in attendance and and Lonzo didn't see them, that he doesn't actually have the the court vision that he <laughs> he's he's hoping. To oh yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so 
the last thing on on the Lonzo stuff, and and I guess we should really quickly touch on the the Josh Jackson. Did you hear any? We, there were very few specifics. There was the report that you know it went quote unquote great, you know. But yeah, you hear yeah, the Twitter account had some breaking news on the Lakers, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, but but that seems to be you know the report from every single one of these uh, reports. Did you hear anything that that went on and? whether the Lakers were how the Lakers felt about Jackson after seeing him work out. Yeah, I think they're intrigued with him. Um, you know, as far as what I heard, it went well. It was an individual workout. Another, um, you know, this is a little bit different where, you know, they're in Sacramento and not at their facility. So, um, it's not that I was like told this directly, but you know, just because of the change of venue, I think by design, there's a little less, control in the process um because you're not hosting them for a workout but um you know i know that De'Aaron fox is going to be there next tuesday and that's going to be kind of a similar thing with uh how lonzo ball's workout was where it's an individual workout it's closed the media will be at the lakers facility um and so i would imagine it'll be kind of similar similar things that they're going to go through that's a that's that's interesting and and He's somebody who would have the opportunity to blow the Lakers away with athleticism in a, in a one-on-one kind of setting or, or a workout setting because he's so athletic. Uh, if his shot just happens to be going that day, he could look like you know, the next superstar because of everything he brings to the table individually, whereas like we talked about, Lonzo Ball is, is more of a team kind of guy. And then the last guy on here is it seems to be – I mean, they talked about they're hoping that they're going to get a, a workout with Fultz. I don't think that's going to happen. There was a report late last night. Did you catch this? Uh, that he plans to work out actually for the Kings. Did yeah, you... that was a little surprising. That was really surprising. And, and the way I took it, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but the way I took that was either the you know the Kings told him that they're really thinking about moving up, and if he works out with them, I mean they'll they'll throw together a, a Godfather offer to to Boston. But other than that, I mean, the Kings are sitting at five. They aren't even in the top three. Yeah, I don't know if Sacramento necessarily told Markel explicitly that. It, um, but as far as their ability to get him, I mean, it doesn't. Uh, it's only natural that you assume, hey, they're they're working something out where they are get they could get the uh, the top pick, but. You know, barring anything of you know the Lakers suddenly <laughs> getting the top pick somehow, which I don't see as possible, um, I, I would be skeptical of Markel Fultz, uh, you know, working out with the Lakers. I mean, just keep in mind what happened in the last few years. Um, you know, they were hoping to get Ben Simmons in for a workout. They were hoping to get Carl Anthony Towns for a workout. That didn't happen. Uh, I think for the same reason. You know, they were projected to go number one, and uh, I think they're kind of trying to protect themselves from that. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. It, it's you hear a whole bunch of positioning and and rumor swirling and stuff that that caught me really by surprise. I don't, I don't really see what's going to come of that. Um, and then De'Aaron Fox is set to work out with the Lakers on Tuesday. He is again. He's kind of closer to Josh Jackson, where he's so fast and he's so athletic. And again, if his shot just happens to be falling that day, he could look like, you know, John Wall or whatever it might be. Uh, he, do you see the Lakers getting blown away by him? Very well possible. Um, now, part of it's going to be hard to measure, and part of it's going to be inevitable that it's going to be noticeable. And the part that's noticeable is his speed. I mean, he's the fastest guy uh, in this uh, draft class, 
you know, I mean, he just blows you away with that. The thing that he has over um, Lonzo Ball and Markel Fultz is his defense, and obviously the Lakers really need an upgrade on that. But for them to be able to see that in their workout, I think, again, it goes back to their their uh, you know lack of having other guys. I mean, maybe they can have him go through some defensive slides and doing some drills, but... He could you know, that Mark Matson. Mark yeah, Matson. <laughs> again, that's that's much different than hey, we're gonna have you defend Brian Shaw or, or someone like that. It's like okay, great, he played well on that. What does that really tell you? Um, you know what? I, what I'm really interested, uh, you know, depend. The, the sense I get is that, that the, this isn't to say that it's a done deal by any means, but the the sentiment around NBA circles is that Lonzo Ball is the favorite, but. What I'm really intrigued to hear is once the Lakers make that decision, whether it's Lonzo Ball or, hey, you know, heaven forbid they, they select De'Aaron Fox, I'm re- really interested in hearing to what degree did that matchup in the NCAA tournament game play into, go into play, if any, because De'Aaron Fox completely outplayed Lonzo, and I know that there are circumstances attached to that where, you know, Lonzo is you know, had some hamstring issues and that sort of thing. And I think in fairness, you know, there is a larger body of work to consider, yeah. but you know, when you're evaluating all these different things and looking at different data and, you know, the stakes of an NCAA tournament game and that showing some kind of clarity of, you know, how a player performs under pressure, under the magnitude of a big game. Um, now I'm really intrigued to hear, you know, why or why not that, would be a deciding factor. I think that kind of comes back to Magic being a former player and a great former player, right? That, you know, somehow in that moment, Lonzo should have risen to the moment. And because he didn't, I could see Magic kind of weighing that a little higher on his scale versus the larger body of work because, hey, it's the it's the NCAA tournament. You know, it was that wasn't a Final Four game, was it? Or what? No, it was a sweet, sweet sixteen. Yeah, but right. still, I mean, the, the the implications are the same. It's a it's an NCAA tournament game. All eyes are watching, and you know, uh, the storyline already wrote itself. I mm-hmm. mean, it was De'Aaron Fox versus Lonzo Ball, so the attention was already on there. And those Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka, remember, they were at the game. Um, that was the game uh, that coincided with Shaq's statue unveiling, yeah. and at the time. You know, Magic was saying, hey, look, uh, sorry, I'd love to go to Shaq's unveiling and, and be there to support uh, for what he meant to the organization. But he had business to do, and uh, he knew that was an important game to watch. I can't wait for the the, the, the history to be re- rewritten on this stuff and, and Shaq's statue having an actual impact on whether it's like <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be phenomenal. I'm um, sure Shaq will take all the credit for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, last question about Lonzo Ball. There's a there's a video out there that is tremendous about you uh, testing out Kobe shoes and LeBron shoes. And <laughs> with, with... You, did some, you did some digging, huh? <laughs> this this is a Harrison question. He his impact can't go un, uh, unseen here. But uh, have are you have you reached out to Levar Ball to try to test out these ZO2s? And can we, can we, I mean, like, I'll play one-on-one with you and, and we can put that video out there. Have you, have you considered that yet? Well, it's definitely a consideration. I mean, uh, you know, you, you never detail how the sausage is made until it's finished, but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, 
that that was a pretty fun episode because I mean I had a, I had a much different role at the time where um, you know I was running the Lakers block for the LA Times so I mean it was a very busy job to say the least um, as you know uh, Anthony it's yep. you're running a blog and updating for the web and trying to be uh, versatile with multimedia and video and posting yeah. up news. Um, so I, I had a different role where I was busy with that, but I, I wasn't doing the beat writing, wasn't doing the traveling. So I was able to do projects like that. So, um, yeah, it was cool. I got, I was able to get, you know, the shoes from Nike from both Kobe's and Kevin Durant's and, and LeBron James before the Christmas day game, um, that they were trying to promote. And fortunately I had a, a, a day that I could carve time out to do this and, Got some former colleagues, Melissa Rowland, uh, who's now at the San Antonio Express News, to play some one-on-one with me. And uh, Nathan Olivares-Giles, uh, who was at the Times then and now doing some tech work uh, at the Wall Street Journal and some other publications. Uh, they, they, I, I had a good supporting cast to put that uh, video together, and it was, it was a lot of fun to just kind of show the absurdity of the shoes and the color, but also... Uh, the absurdity that is my basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing I remember most from that era of those shoes was yes, like you're talking about the color, but then also LeBron James shoes were bricks. They're the, yeah. he- they're the heaviest things I've ever worn. Like it's insane to me. You know, we talk about LeBron's legacy and and all the great things he's done on the court, but to do that while wearing actual cement blocks on his feet is is pretty astonishing. Well, here's the thing. I asked um, Ron Artest, who's now known as Metal World Peace, about those shoes um, because he was going on one of these riffs before the Christmas Day games about how he's so excited about Kobe's shoes and the colors and all that. So you're just getting him going. So I asked him what he thought of the LeBron shoes, and he uh, went out there and said, you know, they, they feel like cement. Like, I feel like I'm, you know, they're, it's like you're trying to operate a tank. And I thought, hey, maybe this is him talking trash and, you know, they're playing the heat that day on Christmas Day. Maybe he's trying to get in his head a little bit. But literally, like, that was filmed the day after Christmas. Um, And so I was wearing his shoes. And I was like, Ron is right. Like, these feel incredibly uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know how on earth, why you would play basketball in them. (laughs) It was was insane. It was, honestly, it was just a a testament to how much everybody liked LeBron that those sold, like, honestly at all. They were were so heavy. All right, so. Well, Well, I think it's also a testament to how many people disliked him as well. Like, (laughs) hey, uh, we don't like his shoes. They're awful, but I'm going to try them anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's also true. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of LeBron, the. uh, there's there was a report yesterday from Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer. He went on Bill Simmons' podcast, and the two talked about LeBron and how he might want to spend the twilight of his career. And at, right as we were aggregating uh, that story, um, I, I heard some stuff from from back channels that Jeannie Buss has actually met with Maverick Carter three times over the last few months. Yeah, yeah, no, I heard I heard some more stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's this. There's a lot more smoke to this than I thought there would be, and and compared to any of the other times LeBron has been tied to the Lakers, is that fair to is that fair to evaluate as? Yeah, I mean it's uh, you never say never, but honestly, I know that Jeannie has met with Maverick, but you never know to what. I mean, technically, like 
I can't really talk about LeBron, but mm-hmm. he's obviously a business mogul as well, and he lives in L.A., so you never know to what degree to have to do with other things. But at the end of the day, that's a part of establishing relationships. But all, with all that being said, I, I'd still be skeptical of like the scenario of LeBron going to the Lakers. Um you know, it certainly doesn't help their cause with Cleveland right now, where it's it seems like they're about to lose. I mean, I know that they overcame the three-one deficit, but no team has ever done that, being down three-zero. But when you're looking at it comparatively, as as frustrating as it has may have been with Cleveland trying to play against Golden State, you cannot compare the level of talent of Cleveland versus the Lakers. Uh, like it's 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 not even a debate. Cleveland is a lot better than them. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when LeBron goes to the Lakers, like, say LeBron goes to the Lakers, obviously that's a game changer, and it accelerates their rebuilding to the nth degree. But at the end of the day, they still would not be better than if LeBron was playing with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and his supporting cast with J.R. Smith and Shane Fry, who, you know, may, and Tristan Thompson, who may not have you know, been able to provide enough in the NBA Finals right now. But still, the Lakers won 26 games last year. Like, that wouldn't make any sense at all for him to go to the Lakers next year. Yeah, it. I mean, the, the, the way this would all play out, right, is that, like, somehow he would be joined by other guys. And, and it was kind of funny because... You know, I tweeted out what I what I had heard about Genie meeting with Maverick, and then the, the DMs kind of start going crazy. And you know, a few of the people who I talked to from the the New York era were taking were talking about, well, does this mean the Lakers might really go after Carmelo so that they could really get the they could unite the banana boat uh, scenario? Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I mean, they technically they technically have the cap space. Um... But I I think it's really asking a lot for all the stars to align for that to be able to be another example of the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, when when LeBron colluded with Chris Bosh to go to Miami, I mean, they had a definitive star on the team that they joined with with Dwayne Wade, and they had a good infrastructure. And the Lakers have a much better infrastructure than they did before because it was – Kobe, who was fighting father time and injuries, and then guys on expiring contracts. So now, you know, they have a young core, but there's no clarity on how good any of these guys are going to be. Um, and they're going through a lot of growing pain. So, uh, at least in the short term, um, I, I would be skeptical for, you know, this offseason. Now, maybe in future offseasons, you never know, but. Uh, I would be very doubtful that that scenario happens this summer. So now I have to try to jump on NBA.com and return my LeBron James Laker jersey. So that's that's unfortunate. Oh, or you could save it, and uh, you're kind of buying it ahead of the times for later in a few years now, right? <laughs> it could be like a hipster kind of thing. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm... It'd be a lot funnier to see that than I've honestly I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I was it was after a Laker game like two years ago, and I think it was like Bill Orham and a few other writers uh, were at the Marriott across from Staples Center after a game. And no joke, we saw two Laker fans together. One was wearing a Steve Nash jersey, <laughs> and another was wearing a Jeremy Lin jersey. <laughs> it was like who are like. Great guys, like I mean, 
really respect them as people, but it's like for their like they didn't have any connection with the Lakers when they were here. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> that, 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 the Steve Nash era is, is particularly painful. All right, so we'll we'll put a bow on this then, and we'll wrap all this up. Last question that I have for you here: Let's say the Lakers do draft Lonzo. Like, if you had to, if you had to predict it, would you still say the Lakers wind up with Lonzo Ball on on draft night? Yeah, I, I'm not going to say hey, it's a foregone conclusion. They made up their mind, but if I had to, you know, gamble on it, yes, I think that they will select Alonzo Ball and you know for some of the reasons we've discussed of what he brings to the table as a point guard as a leader good passer good score even with that weird shot um and I think you know real quickly about his dad yeah that's certainly something that I'm sure the Lakers have looked into and monitored but it doesn't seem like as much as they might have question marks about it that they're too concerned I mean they already set some parameters where it's not like LeVar was at dinner when they met with him. Uh, he wasn't at the practice facility uh, at his workout, and he wasn't banging on the gate at the parking lot trying to get in <laughs> <laughs> when uh, we were all outside waiting. So, you know, if nothing else, I think that they've kind of established the boundaries, and I'm sure it's the Lakers, and LeVar is a self-promoter. So I'm sure there's going to be some some kind of soap opera that happens. But, you know, the Lakers – They've dealt with this before in the past with star players uh, or potential star players, so I, I don't think it's going to be anything new. So, yeah, uh, my prediction will be Lonzo will be at number two, but you never know. Lakers, uh, the, the, one of the things that makes it interesting about them, uh, covering them, is it's always unpredictable. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and, I, and on the LeVar Ball point, too, you can't help but notice he's been really quiet lately. He He, he had that torrent of crazy quotes and... And then I think it all kind of came to a head with his appearance on Colin Cowherd where he told uh, Christine Leahy to stay in her lane. That I think that was the last thing that we've heard from him. And I, I can't help it. I think the last thing we actually heard from him was Shams Karania of the Vertical saying that he loves and respects Magic Johnson and everything that the Lakers stand for. I, I can't yeah. help but feel like these things are connected. Yeah, and I mean I can't speak with authority of like you know why he's been quieter or – you know. To what degree do the Lakers say anything to him? But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think if nothing else, you know, they've at least been able to establish, hey, we're going to operate. Uh, we're the Lakers. We're going to operate our organization the way we want it to. And you know, I talked with Michael Thompson um, yesterday. You know, the longtime uh, Lakers analyst for uh, you know 710 ESPN and greatest you know, tweeter ever former four with the Showtime Lakers. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great guy, and he, he was pretty honest. I mean, he he's kind of known as, to a much lesser degree, but he's much he's known as being kind of that outspoken father, and his son is, a, is an NBA player, a pretty good one at that with Clay Thompson. And he had some good perspective of saying, hey, look, like I love his, uh, his outspokenness, and I love the things he has to say, but he did urge some caution of like, don't, denigrate Lonzo's teammates and don't say things like oh he can't win with white guys I mean the yeah. Celtics won with a bunch of white guys including Larry Bird and uh you know don't say that that Lonzo doesn't need advice from Kobe because Kobe is who he is and you know he mentioned how Clay learned so many things from him as has so many other players so I think as long as he's able to kind of cross a line of hey I won't cross those boundaries of putting his son in a bad spot of denigrating 
teammates or questioning Luke's coaching staff. Be outspoken as much as you want of touting your brand, touting your shoes, saying how great your son is. Uh, there's no harm in that at all. Uh, we've seen that with uh, with Michael doing that about Clay and being honest and constructive. And we saw Bill Walton do that with, uh, you know, not necessarily with Luke, but, uh, you know, as an analyst. And, uh, you know, guys have been able to get through that. So as long as he's able to kind of toe that line, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so too. I was I was on the I was on the side of things that you know the Lakers should really think hard and deep about Levar Ball. But you know, in recent as more stuff has come out, and I, I guess technically less stuff has come out recently, I've kind of uh, backed off on on that position. So, hey, Mark. I yeah, not, the... I mean, in your defense, I, I think they have thought long and hard about. It. They've done the research. I mean, if mm-hmm. they if 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 UCLA or uh, through any other back channels gave them things uh, and examples about LeVar that would make them concerned. It, it would have it would have come up. It mm-hmm. would have gotten out there. Um, so I'm sure they've been doing that research and, and have thought long and hard and, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, I don't I don't think it's gonna dissuade them from drafting Lonzo. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. All right, Mark, I you are super busy nowadays. You, you are doing a great job reporting on the Lakers. And the uh, if you guys haven't subscribed to it, you better subscribe to the We Want Tacos podcast. It's hugely informative. Uh, Mark and Bill have a great dynamic. Uh, thanks, as always, for, for making time for us. And, and better yet, thanks for making time for us on a day that Harrison couldn't make it. <laughs> next time my stipulation will be i will only show up on the podcast if harrison is there or maybe oh, if only harrison is by himself <laughs> now you're trying to ruin my money all right anyway <laughs> all joking all right mark I'll, I'll talk to you soon again that's mark medina of the southern california news group uh find him all over the place it's on on the la times the oc register uh, he appears on Spectrum Sportsnet. He'll be on uh, AM570 re- uh, regular. He's he's a great voice with the Lakers beat, and we're lucky to have him. So we'll talk to you soon, Mark. All right, thank you. Thank you.